rolled over and bopped you in the face by accident. For whatever reason, you were brought out of your slumber earlier than expected. Uh, I mean, there's no cause to let that impact your whole day. There's no reason to let, you know, an hour or two of your sleep turn into a whole day of crankiness, bad attitude, lost productivity, gracelessness, you know. global rhythms of shit oh god come on now that did not just happen alright well you guys got some interesting sound effects there jeez louise that was one of my really nice glass bottles that I like to use to put snacks and drinks and things in I don't have shoes on, and there's glass everywhere, and what do I do? Step carefully. Step carefully backwards towards my foot. Saturday. <laughs> Me neither. And yet, you know, we show up for what's here. God, this glass like went everywhere. It's all the way together in the room. Okay. You know what I'm going to do, though? I'm going to sweep these little bits out of my path. I'm going to proceed with the coffee crafting. Although I will say that the jolt of adrenaline that bolstered through my system, uh, not bolstered, that's not the right word. Come on, English, what word were you looking for? Bolted? No. Bursted? Blistered? Blurted? I don't know, whatever. This burst of adrenaline flooding my system um, made it so that I probably don't need very much coffee right now. Uh, no. It's part of my routine. It's part of my routine. So, going back to bed is not an option. Going back to sleep right now is probably one of the least effective decisions I could make. Not if I'm trying to set my rhythms correct. Not if I'm trying to find my rhythm. Not if I'm trying to pay attention. 
So I'm not going back to sleep right now, you guys. That's why I got naps. I could sleep later if I really feel tired. But right now, it's important that I stick with my rhythms and my commitments. And it's really important. It's really important that I not get distracted by um, little things, little things, and truly waking up an hour before your alarm or, or, you know, whatever, breaking a bottle. These are little things. These are little things. Oh boy. But they're very little things that must be balanced and corrected before my not-so-little humans get up and start mucking about. Because usually they don't wear shoes in the house, either of them. <sighs> well, that's not true. Sometimes Dave wears slippers inside when he's wandering around doing chores. Truman never really developed uh, appreciation for slippers. Even when we lived in a house that had all uh, that like wood laminate flooring, you know? So it was really cold all the time because I don't know what about you guys, but I feel like wood laminate floor is even colder than regular wood floors. But we're Glass is an amazing substance, don't you? I mean, I may be a little bit more extra fascinated with glass than the average human wandering around because um, there's a long family connection. There's a long family connection with glass. Um, my Uncle Cameron is a glass blower by training and by trade. That's his job, literally. Okay, I'm gonna put this down. Just the sweet trash in 
glass artist. There's glass, casts glass. I mean, there's all kinds of art, painting, pottery, and stuff, but uh, the medium that I that I associate with him most intimately is glass. And so I've always been fascinated with it. Because of that, I mean, imagine being a kid, you know, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, or whatever. I was probably younger. Yeah, no, I must have been, because I think I was eight or nine for this art show, and I know that I used to go in the studio for years before that. So imagine, oh, shoot, let's just pick the age of seven, okay? What is that? Second grade? Picture a little seven-year-old you standing in front of a kiln filled with molten glass, glass so hot it turns bright red, you know, but it makes light. Glass so glass so hot it actually makes light. You know, you see your uncle wearing all this like big equipment and gloves and shockingly bare arms and shoulders and you're thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to get hurt. How can he touch that? How can he touch that? How can he be so close to it? I feel like I'm going to, excuse me, I'm just blowing my nose in, into the podcast. That's totally what you should do, right? Blow your nose on a podcast. Well, whatever. My nose is dripping, so gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Sorry guys for the snot noises and I don't know what to say about that. I'm a human. I have bodily functions and sometimes they need to be tended to in the moment. Can't worry about social graces. Um, but anyways, yeah, I try. <coughs> the glass <coughs> blowing and casting and melting and all of that stuff that my uncle was doing all during my growing up and still continues to do. He's still active. Um, it just made me think about the mutable nature of everything within our material world, you know, that you can take these elements that maybe don't appear to have much ability to be transformed it seemed quite rigid and and fixed you know things like rocks and sand if you look at them they feel hard you press down on them you touch them you push on them with other substances they don't excuse me now i'm having hiccups too on top of everything else that's interesting um well you get it i mean it's a very firm appearing to be uh, unchangeable material or substance, right? 
it feels like that. But you just apply some heat and it completely, totally, and radically transforms. I mean, just completely. So I just think about the mutable nature of glass and it makes me think of how anything can be changed and transformed and how nothing is as fixed as it might appear. The reason why glass makes me think of that in particular, you know, why, why nothing is as fixed as it might appear. Um, is because glass, you know, window glass, is not strictly um, a solid. It's technically a very, 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 very slow moving liquid. <laughs> and, and the reason why you can tell that is because it, um, in old buildings, if you notice, if you've ever noticed in like a really old building, how the windows look wavy and warped, it's not because like when they made windows back in the day, they didn't know how to make straight glass. It's not because they didn't know how to, you know, make glass, you know, line up or even or plum, or whatever those directional terms are. It's really not any of those things. It's because the glass changes after it's cast, or poured, or blown, or whatever. The, the glass, through the mechanism of time, changes. It slides down thickens and pools at the bottom of the pane and it thins out in sections at the top. The glass literally starts sliding south. And it looks like it's permanent. It looks like it's stationary. It looks like that's just how it will be. And so then I think about time and I think about rates of, of transformation, and I think about how long it takes us to change state from one, you know, from one place or state to another, and whether or not that's a function of observation, whether or not that's a function of will, volition, or is it a force of happenstance, circumstance, interaction? Is it a force of volution, as in revolution? Is it part of the spiral? Or is it part of the circumpunct? <laughs> I don't know. All I know is my coffee pot is halfway done, so that means I need to fill my water bottle.
I cleaned up the glass. I correct, I course corrected from my catastrophe. And now I'm moving on with an orderly uh, demeanor. Too bad for five twenty-two. my words because I'll be sitting down and still and I won't be distracted with the doing. I know sometimes the most profound thoughts come from a state of distraction because the editor steps aside, you know, the critic, the inner critic steps aside for a minute when you're distracted and sometimes the creative word or the creative idea can flow through. Because there's not someone constantly shushing them in the back of the head. So they manage to get some interesting things out there. But, you know, I feel sometimes a little bit more focused and better about my flow when I can at least pretend that I'm not distracted. The truth is I'm always distracted internally because my trains of thought don't really look like orderly little trains of conductors. It's sort of like, I don't know. I got too many trains of thought running all the time and there's no conductors. <laughs> the conductors are all, all took their lunch break at the same time. Assure you, I did have a point at somewhere at the beginning of this long and rambling, unpunctuated sentence. The point is, I think I would like to do more, to do more of these talks. Ooh. I would like to do more of these talks from a less distracted state. That's what I would like. But it's gonna take me a while of figuring out this new routine to know like what the order of operations ought to be. Like the point is I start recording when I start my routine because I'm worried that if I don't get it taken care of before everybody wakes up, it'll be too noisy. The background noise will be a distraction. It'll distract me or it'll distract the listeners on the playback. Right? But then so I just start talking and moving and doing my stuff and it's like what happens oh you guys get to hear me clean up a freaking bottle breaking on the ground and watering my plants and muttering and puttering 
It's like, is this attractive? Is this good? People like this? They like to listen to this? Mm, not sure. I'm not sure if they do, but I'm not judging it. Am I judging it? Yeah, that was clearly a judgment. I was, well, I was evaluating it, certainly. What's the difference between valuation and judgment? Valuation comes before the judgment. Stay curious. Stay in an evaluative state. Don't shift into judgment. Judgment is where the decision is. And that's where the crankiness comes from. coffee maker 530 on my microwave and 528 on my phone so who knows what time it is time is a myth and a fiction and it's just something that we do for self-framing if that weren't true then we wouldn't have to synchronize our clocks and watches they would automatically be synced up to whatever it is that we're trying to measure I don't know time is time is a taskmaster Time is a bad boss. Time is a carpetbagger. Time is... Time's over. I have a quote somewhere about time. Anything... within the bounds of, what is it? I gotta like look it up, I, I can't remember. Anything bound within time? That is so weird that I can't remember this. I think it must mean that there's something that they want me to read out of this book. They're making me get it out so that I can read it to you because something, who knows. Ugh, maybe I should burn that. No, don't be mean, huh? Ugh, okay. Look, <clears throat> you're gonna find it, you're gonna read it, and then you're gonna get your castor oil pack on because that is what we're doing at five in the morning these days. Where is it? Where's the roomie? There it is. Okay. Alright, so there was a roomie quote, as in R-U-M-I, roomie. He, he, they, whatever, I think they're Sufi poet from like many, 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 many years ago. Um, very lovely spiritual writing, deeply comforting. I would encourage you to look them up if you're not familiar with them. So there's a quote from them that said, Rumi says... As brightness is to time, so you are to the one who talks to the deep ear in your chest. 
in response to reading that quote, uh, another, <coughs> boy, howdy. That one just snuck right up on me. Excuse the heck out of me. And Greedo. Alright, as I was saying, in response to reading this quote, this Rumi quote, as brightness is to time, so you are to the one who talks to the deep ear in your chest. So to me, that means sort of like completely unrelated, because how is brightness related to time? You know, like it sounds comforting on the surface, but when you look at it, it maybe it was mistranslated because it clearly wasn't written originally in English because this dude wasn't an English writer. He was um, Persian? Iranian? I can't remember. But the point is, he was a Sufi poet. I'm almost certain. I should read his Wikipedia because like, I just read the spiritual writing. I don't really read their biography because... I mean, much. I sometimes do. But like reading their biography to me is like reading the biography of Jesus. It's like, there's not one, you know? It's sort of like the, I did not chop down that cherry tree. It's apocryphal. So anyways, blah, 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 blah. The thing that I wrote or that flowed through me or that was prompted or that I heard in that deep ear in my chest or whatever. You can't hear in an ear. You hear with an ear. I don't know. Anyways, I wrote Rumi as in R-O-O-M-I-E. In other words, Rumi, the Sufi poet, says this. Well, this is what your roommate says, right? Your Rumi, your buddy, your pal says, anything bound within the construct of time is unreal from a spiritual point of view. Anything bound within the construct of time is unreal from a spiritual point of view. In other words, spirit and time are kind of opposite of one another. You know, they say spirit and material are opposite in one another. I don't believe that. I think material is just congealed spirit or, or spirit is just evaporated material or some weird, you know... Excuse me again. I was trying to stave off another sneeze. I was trying to stave off another sneeze by dealing with the snot that was dripping in my nose. It's not a problem. It's really snot. It's not a problem. Snot. So time and spirit are it's like comparing I don't know, like I, I'm trying to draw another parallel, but there is there just isn't one. There's no parallel to what the relationship between time and spirit or spiritual energy or whatever you want to call it. Time is 
perception. Spirit is... Spirit is... What's perceived. Maybe that makes more sense, yeah. <clears throat> Time is perception and spirit is what's perceived. sense? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is I am I'm kicking ass with my routine. I am establishing rhythms. I'm not letting myself be discouraged by little bumps along the way. I keep coming back to this adventure. I'm going to use a little bit of can of butter on top of this today. That feels right. Alright, so look at this. We will close the door rises in the next hour which is unlikely because it's Saturday and they both kind of tend to sleep in a little bit later these days just in case I will have <coughs> a modicum of privacy a slight barrier a little you know membrane of division between me and the rest of the household functions so yeah, thanks Juliet, WB Dreamer. Have you heard Honestly Juliet? The the netcasts were, were uh, adding into Open Lines Radio. There's another program adding into our little stable of shows. It's very exciting. Juliet, Honestly Juliet, WB Dreamer on Instagram. I've tagged them in a lot of my posts, so I'm sure you can find them if you go into my account. Um, but, uh, and you've heard them on my po podcast before. I think we did a test podcast because I was just basically trying to convince her that it was easy and simple and that she would enjoy doing it. And it seems like that's what's happening. So I hope you all will be hospitable and welcome her into the fold because she's a, she's a powerful force, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I wanted to do something. I think I'll do it like this. Here we go. I'm putting the cloth down now. I already have the um fletching hooter. I already coated the can of butter pretty well. That's that part is good. That part is good. Hold the corner down. And time for 
the cling wrap. I should make a wax cloth for this, although I don't think that, that would keep the oil from seeping through. It might. I don't know. I can look into that. I can look into that. But all that it does mostly is just keep the oil from seeping out onto the cloth or the, the water bottle or the towel or the bed sheets or whatever. It just keeps it all nice and tidy. And then we put the nice cozy hot water bottle on top. And a nice cushion. Throw pillows, little um, comfort or blanket, and make a nice and warm little cozy pocket. This is an interesting thing to do at this time of year because it's cold in the morning. So I normally wouldn't want to be all like doing the whole like naked exposure skin work. But because it's just temporary, and then I put a hot water bottle on top of it right away, it's not so bad. It's just a little chilly for a minute, and then it gets, and it gets better. <clears throat> I'm going to read you guys this post from, um, I think it was from 13 Moon Peacetime, I'm pretty sure. Um, it, was it was from a um, day or two ago, but it felt extraordinarily resonant and um, Well, I'm going to read two of them because they're not, I mean, they're sort of long, but they're not crazy long. And the first one, it resonated so deeply because, well, no, I'm not going to read that one because I realize I already read this one into the podcast. I am going to make a correction though, because remember that one, if you listened to the episode or two ago where I was reading about a how, apparently A-H-A-U, which I was calling A-How or A-Who is called a how, because the alternate spelling is A-J-A-W. And if I had seen both spellings, I probably would have deciphered the correct pronunciation more quickly because it's sort of a mixture of different uh, Spanish pronunciations you know the J as an H and the and the um, AU as then ow like OU the AU as like an OW sound so it, it almost sounds like ow. It sounds like ow. 
ahow, ahow, ow. I've heard it with kind of like a, it's not exactly a glottal stop, but at any rate, the name of that God or that nature or that being that I was reading about the other day, um, I am ow, is how you say it, A-H-A-U, ow. So, re, re, that was the correction of that. So, it was really a beautiful piece, resonated with deeply, transformative. And then, a day or two later, the person who, who runs that account posted another one from this Mayan oracle. And... Um, I I don't know. I just felt so connected and like just I don't know. I felt so connected to it and then come to find out the author had tagged me in the post in the comment like initial like they it's like they knew I needed to see it they knew I needed to read it they knew that it mattered to me and I don't know this person I don't even know what their name is you know besides their Instagram handle 13 moon peacetime it's a community and I don't even know who the moderators are or what have you so look this is what it says under their under their bio on Instagram it says kin 50 white spectral dog galactic archetype spectral yogini chronobiologist time is art 19 is overall so there you go <laughs> that's the account I'm reading reading from so this image is uh, a darker skinned figure um, I would say they're intended to look effeminate or feminine because the features are soft there's no facial hair um, there's no hair visible they're covered up um, but uh, I don't know as far as like what ethnicity is implied if any but it's a darker skinned feminine figure hands pressed together below the chin uh, um, eyes closed and then the field of the image is sort of an abstract graphic representation of like a head covering, a scarf, a robe, a shawl, whatever. It's just like a field of red enclosing the face and shoulders and it has like a decorative pattern of vines and blossoms, you know, green and pink. Very red, red, red fabric all around. And then there's some sort of geometric detailing in the background. So that's the image, a red feminine mother with green life growing up all around her yeah. and there is like a little sigil marker at the bottom a red rounded square with five variegated lines going vertically and then what looks like a, a hole or something at the top kind of like makes it look sort of like a coffee cup it's kind of funny So here I go to ruin the pronunciation of another 
uh, Mayan or, or um, goddess or figure. I hope not. Maybe I should look it up first. I could look up the the Wikipedia on Enix. That's honestly, I start a lot of my research at Wikipedia because it's like the general knowledge. It's like the most general information you can find, right? And then I kind of like dig down deeper from there, fractal out, go and find some other stuff to look at or what have you. So anyhow, let's, let's see, how do we pronounce this interesting word? I'll do Mayan, oops, Mayan. Inix pronunciation. But the problem with this, anytime I put the Mayan in there, then it just tells me how to pronounce Mayan. And I'm like, I don't need that one. So let me try just putting Inix. How to pronounce that's French. Oh, they have Imix in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, my God. Imish or Imix. It could be Imish. I'm not sure. Imish. I don't think that's right. I think that's a robot. Oh well. <clears throat> I'm just going to roll with it, guys, and say Imish. And I don't know if it's wrong or right. Imish. Imish. I am Imish. Primal mother still dark womb of the patterned potential of becoming sacred interstellar genesis i am nourishing fertile abyss i birth you benevolent my mighty cauldron of primal waters enveloping the living seed eternal is my embrace as you are trusting and receptive, I sustain you with the sweet wine of my many gifts. I bathe your seed essence with abundant life force, for I am the primal sound of creation, the potent energy and vibration of the undivided waters. As stillness sources movement, so this tender seed is protected within my devoted watchfulness. <clears throat> I am the divine cradle of potential realized through primal trust. I hold you close, my beloved, for you are of my lifeblood and do arise from the depth of my tender power, which is the very substance of your heart. It is I who weaves the web of the universal connectedness of all life. 
Within my silken tapestry is the story of the one womb that I am, each shimmering thread leading back to me, Mother Mystic Spider. Spinning arms of my galaxies, embracing you, my form becoming your form, weaving silken tapestry, all form, all form yielding to no form, within which my womb is the great mystery, holy, hallowed temple from which springs the sweet song of creation. Melody divine, I sing you, my cherished essence, gentle nourishment on your path of awakening. Yeah, so it really resonated with me. I found it very comforting and very relevant to this time, this season, because it feels like a preparation time, like, you know, getting things ready for fertilization, getting things ready for creation, getting things ready for the new that's what the time of the dying down, the dying off, the harvest time, post-harvest time leading into winter preparations. Like, we're just, we're getting ready for it. So, I don't know. I just really, I like that account. I resonate with it, so I figure if you guys like and resonate with Open Lines Radio, maybe you'll vibe with that too. It, I I like following the lunar calendar. I'm still figuring it out. Still. And the funny thing is, we count our days of the week by sevens, but the meanings of the days shift every year because... We don't keep them, we don't keep our same rhythmic activities of our week on the same day function. That's not the right way to say it. How can I make English about this? Oh my God. Okay, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Or, I guess more appropriately, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Because technically our first day of the week is Sunday, even though we count it usually as Monday being the beginning of the week and the weekend being the weekend. <sighs> do you see what we do to ourselves? It's just nonsense. There's no order to it. It just, whatever. The point is, in the lunar calendar, in this galactic calendar, there are daily sigils that are tied to specific energies that we can tap into and they're connected with certain chakras within the body system and they're connected out fractally into the rest of our environment because as above so below as within so without the way you do anything is the way you do everything it's just you know that's how it is so I still haven't even remembered to like just be able to rattle off quickly the way I just did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, etc. with these other names of the days of the week, right? So it's there's alpha and gamma, but they don't go back to back. 
There's Sally and Kali and Celio. Is that six? There's one more that I'm missing. Deli? Dolly? Do you see what I'm saying? You guys see this? Bumblefuck AF, right? Like, just, I can't. I. Sorry. I can. I will eventually. I'm so new to this system that I have not fully integrated the information. I'm a beginner. I'm learning. I'm learning as we go. Okay? I'm learning as we go. And and maybe you'll learn along with me. Right? I mean... Dolly, Selly, Gamma, Kali, Alpha, Limi, Celio. <sighs> I I missed I missed one. Selly, Kali. What did I say? I said something else. I said some other word that wasn't the word. <laughs> uh, that's great. Okay, so the days. Let's go in order what I did first, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we could start with Sunday, but let's not. Most people, Let's start with Monday because Alpha <laughs> sounds like the first day of the week. This year, during this particular lap, which is the red cosmic moon year, okay, it started in July. And it goes until next July. It's the red cosmic moon year. Um, Alpha is Monday. Limi is Tuesday. L-I-M-I. -I. Limi is Tuesday. Celio. S-I-L-I-O. Celio is Wednesday. Dolly. D-A-L-I. Dolly is Thursday. Selly. S-E-L-I. Selly is Friday. Gamma. G-A-M-M-A. Gamma is Saturday. G-A-M-M-A. -M -M -A. Gamma is Saturday. Kali is Sunday. K-A-L-I. Kali is Sunday. And Alpha is Monday. A-L-P-H-A-A. -A. Alpha. So, Alpha, Limi, Celio, Dolly, Selly, Gamma, Kali. That's the days of the week in the galactic calendar. So I'll read the info. This is the one for which actual day <coughs> was this for? Kin 21, Red Galactic Dragon. That was for Wednesday. Hmm. Well, at any rate, the point is, if you go to this account, you can get a sense of where we are in flow. And what we need to know for our now, because that's the trueness of our 
state or place the Gregorian calendar is just a fiction it's a lie it's nonsense it's just gibberish is what it is okay September means seven it's the ninth month October means eight it's the tenth month November means nine it's the eleventh month December means ten it's the twelfth month July and August are named after Roman gods April and May are named after April and no April, I forget what April is but May is named after I don't know some of those gods down there are like Greek goddesses of fertility or some shit like they're it's a mishmash of sim systems the way we've named our months it's just a grab bag and it makes no sense because we don't have 12 months in a year we just don't we have 13 we have 13 and so all these other calendars that only name 12 of them are nonsense bullshit they make us it's like when they say to expect your package in three to five business days, well, we all know that means a week and a half, right? Because you can't count. Okay, first of all, it's not going to be three business days. You have to give them the max, which is five business days, which is a whole entire week. So unless you complete your order at the very beginning of Monday, you can't really expect it within that, quote, business week. You're going to be booting it beyond the weekend into the following week. So that's what, seven days already? That's, that's uh, the best you could hope for. So they're lying to you from the get-go. It's not going to get there within three to five business days. It's going to get there when it gets there. These spells that they cast over measuring time and expectations, it's all promises and nonsense. Tracking number. I believe a tracking number sometimes you know, even those ones, you know, you read the alert and it says it's, you know, in some facility and it's been there for three days and hasn't moved. It's like, what's it hap What's happening? What is it stuck? What happened? Nonsense. Lies. Mechanisms to manage expectations and to delay anger and enrage. You know, that's all that it is. So if you want to have a proper sense of place, if you want to have a proper perspective on where we are, I would advise going lunar with your calendar. At least notice when the lunar rhythms are happening. But I feel like we are going to make a switch. We're all going to be doing star dates at some point. I was like, when you watch Star Trek, and they go, Stardate 49573.6. Captain's Log. Like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're doing, you guys. We're all making, like, crew logs. as a podcast. It's like, uh, Communication Officer's Log, Stardate 79326.4. Like, that's what we're doing. We're just logging our reality into this mode I guess 
this is our version of journaling, audio journals, audio diaries. I mean, that's what it's going to be like. Our ancestors are going to go through our old podcast recordings, the way that we flip through our grandparents' diaries and postcards and, and recipe books, you know? Unless they just evaporate in the, you know, hard wipe of data. But I don't think they will. I think they must be preserved in some way, in some remnant. Sure, there'll be stuff lost in house fires and floods and stuff, but there'll be these little brittle cornered, you know, cartridges of digital data somewhere that somebody will put into an adapter and it'll come flickering to life. And then all of a sudden, somebody somewhere... A hundred or a thousand or a hundred thousand years into the future, they'll hear Mark reading Holly's writing into the ether. They'll hear, you know, oh my gosh, they'll hear the infancy. They'll hear the infancy of Angela's child. They'll hear the barking of long extinct animals like dogs they'll hear they'll hear um jingles from songs and products that they have no idea what it's even referencing they'll hear inside jokes that we can't even remember the significance of anymore they'll hear sacred temple ceremony with sisters they'll hear you know existential crises from people working the daily grind they'll hear all that and it's just like us flipping through the pages of some dusty diary that we found from our great 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 uncle who used to travel the world back when travel was really really difficult and complicated They'll hear the casualness with which we cast our voice into the future. And they'll be in awe of our boldness to speak our truth in this moment. They'll look at us and listen to us and be like, they were saying that back then? They started talking about that way back then I didn't know they talked about that back then wow they really were paying attention because let me tell you there's been things I've written that I there's been things that I've read that have been written by my ancestors that have just blown my mind I've read it and gone, wait, this was your school essay when you were 15 and this is what you wrote? What? In, in 1918, these were your words a hundred years ago? I could take this down to a yoga nidra class and read this as a guided meditation. And you wrote it a hundred years ago. And I know you never took yoga. Well... At least not until probably the 70s. <laughs> oh, my go-go. I wonder if she ever did take yoga. Probably. Probably. 
knowing them and all those artsy fartsy people they all ended up in a yoga studio at one point or another the point is we are our own ancestors we are our own grandchildren we are the ones we're waiting for expect better from yourself because you can be and you will be and you are and you already did and you're brilliant and amazing if you expect it it will show up that's what this is about I expected my morning to get better and it did even though there were definite you know obstacles hurdles you know there were hurdles you know what this morning is like this morning is like tripping on the first hurdle, recovering, running, keep going, keep going, keep going. And what do you know it, but you don't even get third place. You get on the stand. Sure, maybe you don't get the gold medal. Maybe you don't get the silver, right? Nobody wants the silver anyway. You'd rather have the bronze. They've done the studies. They've proven that's statistically true, that humans are so fucking nuts that they're actually happier to win third place than second place because that fucking bullshit slogan on those t-shirts about second place being the first loser is true. Somewhere in the deep judgmental pit of the human mind, we think that making it second place just means you're the biggest loser. And that's just not true. But it feels true. So let's respect it and say, we tripped on the first hurdle, but we picked ourselves up and got ourselves together so quickly and started running so efficiently and got back in flow so easily that we made it to the podium. We made it to the third place finish. We got the bronze medal. I like being in the bronze age. Give me the bronze medal any day. I'll take it. I'll take it. If first place comes with a copper medal, I'll take that. Silver, I'm meh. They use that to crucify Christ and shoot werewolves. So I'm not opposed to it, but it doesn't glimmer and glitter at me the way copper does. And gold, gold is a fearsome metal. Gold is... Gold is good, but gold is gold is a heavy load to bear. Give me copper. Give me copper. Give me all your copper. Give me every copper metal you have. I'll wear them around my neck, rattling like a like a peddler wandering wandering down the road. Tinkling, jangling. Yeah. I love copper. And I love you, and I think it's time to say adieu. Farewell. Alvider Zane. Goodbye. So long. You know. Yeah, that's a long one. I went over an hour this time, you guys. Ugh. Oh, well. Weekending. I guess bonus content or whatever. All right. Chihololi means I love you. Chapisilacho means hello. I will see you as the Chickasaw have no word 
for goodbye. We all need a little bit more We all need a little bit more The saints and the liars The dealers and buyers We all need a little bit more We all need a little bit more